2: and a touchdown.
0: Fell into the middle of that
2: line, and it's a touchdown. Big return for Crowder,
0: 85
2: yards. Darnold escapes, trying to buy himself some time. Fires, end zone, it's caught. Incredible play by Donald. He'll hit immediately when he got the handoff. You know that's it. <laughs> the q Oh my
1: gosh. Listen, thank you.
3: From the TOJ Digital Studio, this is Play Like a Jet. My name is Scott Mason. You can follow me on Twitter at PlayLikeAJet1. And it is time to talk about day number nine of New York Jets training camp with the owner, the operator, the lead reporter, the whole shebang over at JetsInsider.com. And, of course, above all of that, a very big deal, Mr. Chris Nimbly. Chris, this one was all about the wide receivers And let's start with the good news, bad news routine that we're going to have to do by talking about Lawrence Cager. Good news, really nice practice, big time bully touchdown catch. Bad news, hurt his knee. What's going on with Lawrence Cager?
2: Oh, first let's just uh get this right there's pretty much everything that we're going to talk about here with these right receivers is going to be a good news bad news type situation mm-hmm. here so pretty <laughs> much every, every single thing we say is that so let's just get that out of the way there but with cager again listen at the beginning of camp i was watching him and i was just like i don't see anything and then i, I even said. Uh, that one time he was get, so slow getting in and out of his breaks that I was like, I'm seeing something that's telling me that might not be something here. But, you know, it, it undrafted rookie comes in, first couple days of camp, no mini camp, no rookie camp. Um, it it might have just been a little much for him, might have been thinking too much. Uh, these This past basically week of worth of practices, he has been really good. And today he made a couple plays, none better than, uh, it was like 25-yard Pass downfield down the sidelines from Mike White. Uh, It was kind of a jump ball, just up and hanging up in the air uh, for anyone to grab. uh, Javelin, Gidry was sitting right there, ready. Like his eyes had to get like cartoonishly big, thinking he was about to get an interception. And then here comes Orange Cager over the top just attacks the ball in the air and then he does like an NBA, like Rudy Gobert uh, type uh, Joel Embiid, actually. There we go. Cause he'll throw those elbows around recklessly on purpose, grab it and just throw through the elbows around and then still managed to do like a double toe tap slash drag to come down with the catch. And then he got up, flexing on the sidelines. It was an incredibly impressive play. And, Look, if, if you can't expect Lawrence Cager rookie year to come in here and be a, a fully developed receiver uh, that's going to beat uh, the defenses on every part of the field in any type of way. But what he's proven right now is that he can use that big body, that size and that physicality to be a red zone threat, to be somebody who can uh, keep the chains moving, who can be that possession receiver. Um he he has at the beginning of camp again. He had a little bit of a drop issues, though those have pretty much gone away. I I don't know that I can remember a drop in the past week. Uh, he's looked really good, of course. Uh, and at this point, assuming he's healthy, I just have a hard time seeing how he's not going to make the roster. Um, but this is the bad news: is he injured his knee? Uh, He came down a little awkward and injured his knee. We don't have any idea of the severity of it. Um, Obviously you're going to hope that it's not a big deal at most. He'll miss a practice and then he'll be able to come back. The jets really need the bodies at receiver for training camp period, but he's been really making nice progress. Just building day after day on top of good day after good day. So you don't, you really don't want to see this. And the Jets really need uh, any presence from wide receiver. And he's been showing it. So you, you want to focus on that and, and help it grow even more.
3: More good news, bad news. The good news is Brashad Perriman apparently is going to be practicing again on Saturday. The bad news is we still don't know when Denzel Mims is going to be practicing.
2: Yeah. Uh, and at this point, it's getting it's getting real late in the game for Mims. It's gonna be it's gonna be really tough for him to be able to even if let's just say he comes back tomorrow and is able to be a full go tomorrow. It's like two weeks of practices to get ready and then we're going straight into a, a regular season game. At this point, I just I don't see how you can expect him to be ready to contribute uh, in any meaningful way week one. Now, that doesn't mean that he won't be able to get up to speed by week three or four and start contributing more and in the second half of the season really start contributing. But we, if you're expecting and looking for Denzel Mims to be a, a contributor week one, I, he's running out of time. It's, it's it, like – you got to hope and pray that he has that that playbook down inside and out and that it won't take him long to adjust to putting that playbook into practice on the field, but he's running out of time and it's just each day that goes by, it's going to be harder and harder for him to contribute right away.
3: Good news. Chris Hogan had another good practice today. Bad news. He's probably going to start week one. And no offense to Chris Hogan. He's a perfectly fine receiver, and I'm sure he's a nice guy. But this is not what Jets fans were hoping for.
2: Yeah. He, since he's been here, he's been great. Uh, every single day, he's put in a a, solid, a really solid to good practice. There has been nothing bad, nothing negative about him. But in an ideal world, No team wants Chris Hogan as their number two starter on the outside. And right now, that's what the Jets are looking at. Um, Again, talent-wise, ability-wise, physical-wise, Denzel Mims is superior than Chris Hogan. But the rookie who hasn't practiced is going to have a hard time being relied upon over the veteranness of uh, Chris Hogan. And uh, they know what they're going to get from him. Um, you know, it's it's not ideal. Chris Hogan, ideally, is somebody you want as your fourth or fifth receiver. You you got that. Somebody that has to, you know, be the number two guy on, on a, a week where the num- other number two guy gets hurt or has to come out of the game. Cool. Fine. Um, you know, kind of like I talked about with J- Jonathan Harrison. Jonathan Harrison as your backup center or guard. Perfectly awesome. Like, good, awesome even. Starting, it's a little bit of a problem. Um, So that's what it is for Hogan. Again, he's not going to be a dynamic playmaker. He's not going to cause defensive fits. But he can make plays. He can do what he can do as long as you work it within his limitations. Um, And considering that he wasn't on the team like a week and a half ago and what the Jets kept trotting out there every day, especially with Cager – still having not put it together yet. Chris Hogan, it, it looks, looks phenomenal compared to everyone else besides Jameson Crowder.
3: Good news. The Jets have brought in Pete Guerrero, the running back from Monmouth, who had a really great year last year in college. And he adds another local product to the squad, at least for now, another Monmouth guy to throw in there with Chris Hogan. So nice to see him get a chance. The bad news is, the Anthony Siafi era is once again over.
2: It's not the only bad news about it. The other bad news is all of us other beat writers have to listen to Connor Hughes uh, talk about <laughs> Mamet, and, and I know it's all tongue in cheek, it's all in jest, so so it, it's fun. But uh, yeah, that's the bad news. Uh, <laughs> now the good, the good news on the flip side of that specific bad news is we will be able to have fun uh, at Connor's expense in due time. So, yeah, it'll work itself out there. Um, Hmm. But, yeah, the the number 33 safety is gone again. Um, You know, man, I just – every time this happens in the NFL, it's just like, man, you got to feel bad for uh, these guys. They're just trying to fulfill their dream. He's signed for, like, and show and for gets one day of practice and then he's cut and then he's gotta be disappointed and then they call him back and he's like, yeah and then they cut him right back again. Um that it's it's like uh, you know, when I was like twenty years old, I, I worked as a, at a temp agency for a little bit. And that it was you know, you go into a place for a week, you work and then you go on to a new place. And it's kinda like that, except I was just Interested in just making money Any way possible at that point And not trying to fulfill a lifelong dream So yeah that's got to be A frustrating thing to go through I really feel for these bottom of the roster players It can't can't be fun
3: Good news Jamison Crowder Dominated training camp today Bad news there were players that he made Look foolish all day
2: (laughs) Yeah that too The other bad news is That he's your best receiver Um he uh, he's a slot receiver and it's not even close. Like he is by far the best receiver on the team. Um as this, this includes a healthy permanent. Uh it, it it's not even close. He was absolutely spectacular today. He's been great on camp. Uh he's he's an excellent slot receiver. Um he can do some stuff on the outside and he can he's great after the catch with the ball in his hands. Um he definitely made, made some people look bad today. Uh, he saved Darnold, though, from Darnold through one pass that was way too far behind, and Jameson Crowder had no business making the catch, but he was able to contort his body in such a way to reach behind it and still plug it away. Uh, <clears throat> the one time that he was completely blanketed, Marcus May was on him, it swatted that ball, bounced into Herndon's hand um so just everything was working for Jamison Crowder today uh and he's excellent he's very very good he's going to be somebody uh Sam Darnold is going to rely on and going to need to rely on but having him as your best receiver is not a great sign for your offense as excellent as he is
3: Another guy who you're happy to see play well, but you're probably not going to be quite as happy to see get a lot of plays at wide receiver once the regular season starts is Braxton Berrios. Had another really nice practice today. Very solid punt returner. And I'm not saying that the Jets shouldn't give him more of a look than he got last year. No question, he should get more of a look. But if they're relying on him heavily, again, as we've talked about with these other receivers, that's going to be a bit of a problem.
2: Good news, bad news in this situation. Most of what Barrios has been doing has has been with and against the second team. So even in the shape that this receiver uh, depth chart is right now, Barrios still isn't really getting a lot of run with the ones. So you can look at his impressive plays, and it has been good, especially like the last three practices. He's doing a little bit more each practice. Uh, but you can look at it and you can be like, okay, it's against the second team, but he, he looks, he's looking good. He's making plays. He's really quick. He's really shifty. He's got good movement. He's got good hands. He's, you know, he's small. Um, he, he's going to, if he's going against the physical corner, it's going to be a problem for him. He's going to get eaten up, but he, there's, there's something there. And again, this is like the, Chris Hogan thing, obviously. I'd rather have Chris Hogan as my number two, um, but if Barrios is your fifth or sixth receiver, I have, that's okay. Uh, the bigger problem is one through four is isn't as great as you'd like to have Barrios as your fifth or sixth receiver. But uh, you know, with with his ability to be a returner and to make some plays here and there, he's got a he's got a good shot at making this roster, especially with the step chart the way it
0: is.
1: Play like a jet. Play
3: like a jet. When Makai Becton was first drafted by the Jets, he said that one of the things that he wanted to bring to the table was an ability to open up the running game. And at camp today, Becton showed exactly how he plans to do that. Just a massive size hole that he opened up.
2: Yeah, you guys have all heard me talk about how hard it is to evaluate uh, running backs uh, in training camp. There was no need to evaluate a running back on this particular play because Kai Becton opened up a hole that was essentially the size of half the field, which is one devastating block, just absolute road grader stuff, uh, like video game type stuff. He just annihilated the defender, and all of a sudden, there was just this giant, giant hole for the back to run through and there was nobody near him. And it was, it was a thing of beauty to watch. And just I, my jaw dropped, and I was just like, how did that just happen? Um, it, it was very impressive. This was probably the, the offensive line's best day as far as run blocking goes. There were a couple others that of uh, that, uh, nice big holes. Le'Veon Bell uh, was able to sc- shoot through the middle pretty wide open. Connor McGovern uh, opened up a nice hole for him there. But the it was Makai Beckton doing most of the damage in the run game to give those holes there. So it, this was probably the best day on that front. They still had their ups and downs and their struggles in the and pass protection that definitely wasn't very pretty. But it was probably the best day of run blocking, and that's largely due to Makai Becton.
3: Marcus May, who has been one of the stars of training camp, continued to shine today.
2: He's he's been very good and. We're we're still seeing him playing a little more in the box, um, but and McDougal up top, but he has been excellent. And again, he's the only one I've seen that's been able to stop Chris Herndon. He was today. He was the only one that gave Jamison Crowder even a little bit of trouble. You know, Bless Austin had had a solid day in coverage. Nate Harrison made a couple plays, but the receivers were winning and they were doing their job today, except for again. The only times that they, it seemed like they re- weren't really winning was with M- Marcus May on them. He got, it got unlucky. I like he made that play and the ball bounced into her and his hand and he looked sick. Like you would have thought that he just cost the jets, the super bowl from how he looked sick from that happening. Uh, it was a great play. It just took an unlucky bounce for him, but he has been all over the place and, and looks very good. Uh, this this whole playing in the box and covering guys a little closer looks to be what he what you want from him, and he, I expect Jets fans to be very very pleased with his play this year.
3: Bless Austin took another step towards solidifying that other corner spot opposite Pierre Seer, assuming Pierre Seer is ready to go when the regular season starts.
2: Yeah, I I saw Connor Hughes tweeted out earlier that it's it's getting close to uh, Bless Austin locking up that opposite. Spot uh, opposite of Pierre Desir, and my only quibble with that tweet is: Are we so sure that Pierre Desir is going to be that guy? Because uh, he has a practice right now, and we don't know. I don't know when he's coming back. He's he's been out on the sidelines. That's generally a sign uh, that he's going to be coming back soon. But I, with what we've seen so far in camp, I'm I'm a little more hesitant to just pencil him in there. But right now unless bless Austin has some type of setback just the mental side of the game Forget get the physical side for a minute even though he's been very impressive physically and he's in great shape this year um the physical side looks great there doesn't seem to be any concerns about past injuries physically he looks great but the mental side of things with him he's just taken such a huge leap and you can he's very coachable he's He's doing what he's supposed to do, very technically sound. Um, and I I would be shocked if he's not uh, one of the starting outside cornerbacks uh, week one. And But the way he's playing and stacking good days on top of good days, I, I expect him to have a pretty good season as well.
3: A couple of days ago, Chris, we talked about how Avery Williamson was back, but today he was really back.
2: You, you let him tell it. He got back today. He he delivered a big hit, and then he was, woo. I feel alive. Like, now I'm ready to, to live again. The football players talk about that all the time. They go through all these practices where they can't really hit, and then they can hit, and it feels good to hit, and especially when you're coming back from injury. You can run as much as you want, and that feels good, but you need to get the hit in to really feel like you're back. And today he got that hit in. He let out a nice a nice Ric Flairish type woo. Like <laughs> uh, it, it was very Ric Flairish. It wasn't a, an exact Ric Flair uh woo, but it was it was very much in that uh frame. And um yeah, it was good to see he came off the sidelines chirping. He was, okay, I feel alive, I feel ready, I'm back.
3: What's calls and all this? Woo! Ooh, Avery Williamson is I love it Ric Flair references here on play like a jet Chris one last order of business Before we get to what the players and Adam Gase had to say after practice what's Going on injury wise
2: so we Still got Denzel Mims out Pierre Desirah out Brian Poole out and Jabari Zuniga out um, No real updates Of progress on that again uh, Again Desir and Poole have been out on the sidelines I think they're both getting closer but even that, uh, well, I know, uh, pool is getting closer. Um, how close I'm not sure yet. Uh, Terrell Basham, who I, I, I wrote about the other days having an excellent camp. Uh, he hurt his ankle today. Lawrence Cager hurt his knee in practice. They're both being, uh, evaluated. And then Rashad Perriman didn't practice again. Uh, he had some swelling in his knee the other day. They were hoping to get him back by the day, but he's still out. Um, He'll be back uh, on Saturday, I have an off day on Friday. So they're just kind of going to give him the rest of this week off and then Saturday bring him back. I think that's just a precautionary thing. They're, they're just, you know, no need to push him on it right now. Even though they could use the help at receiver, they obviously don't want to push it and have some type of setback for that to be the case. So you're, he's not going to be here until
3: uh, Saturday. Adam Gase spoke after practice today. Chris, what do you have to say?
2: Yeah, he gave us the injuries and everything. He uh, gave us a little bit of an update on the Kevin White uh, workout. And he just said that there's nothing imminent there. Um, You know, just searching under uh, under every rock. Um, And then he was very complimentary of Mike White, the backup quarterback. He's been uh, the the third quarterback of the uh, Uncamp. You know, obviously, Darnold's won. Fails has been number two. Mike White's been the third, and then James Morgan's been the fourth. We still have Joe Flacco, uh, who's still not practicing. He's been doing some throwing off to the side, though, so he's getting closer. But Mike White has has looked good. He's He's been getting a little better every day. I've been impressed by Fails, too. Fails de- definitely lacks some zip on, on his balls, uh, doesn't throw with the most authority, but – uh, he, he's been getting the job done For the most part But Mike White has been, has been really good And uh, he's been uh, and Gase was very complimentary of him uh, After today's practice
3: Sam Darnold spoke after practice Sort of He was giving one and two word answers Here's his answer to a question About what he thinks of Chris Hogan He's good Another question about the advice that Le'Veon Bell apparently gave him about staying out of bars—a reference to Sam Darnold getting mono last year after making out with a girl in a bar. Great advice. Then on Frank Gore, he says he's awesome. So Sam Darnold, a man of very, very few words today.
2: Yeah, not a lot, not a lot of words there. Um, Sam's normally a little more wordy than that. Um, you know, Sam is one of those experts at being able to say something say stuff that's not anything uh, of of huge value, but is also not ever going to rub anybody the wrong way. Um, But he decided, you know, maybe he was a little tired, a little practice is a little hard. It was really hot out early this morning. So he he didn't have too much energy for it. And he just went short and sweet Um, and sweet. It was because he's awesome. Great advice, man. And he's good. That's pretty sweet.
3: We talked about Marcus May before Chris. He spoke after practice as well.
2: Yeah, the, the big quote that he had is there's no egos on the team and the vibe is good. Um, I know fans are definitely going to want to go ahead and uh, make that a shot at Jamal. I, I even saw somebody on Twitter say that it's probably a shot at Robbie and not Jamal. It's it's definitely not a shot at Robbie. It's also definitely not a shot at Jamal. I've talked about this before, Marcus May and Jamal's relationship is very much like uh, my relationship with my best friend. We have very different personalities, and we've been best friends since fourth grade. So we're, we're very different, and he is loud, and self so, uh, self described can be obnoxious. Um, and but but I love him, but I will roll my eyes at him. And Marcus May was the same with Jamal, but he he genuinely d- did like Jamal. That's he. There's no way that he would take a shot at Jamal like that. But it's that's just a you know a, a cliche canned answer. Um, but I understand why fans would would want to make that connection. But there's nothing there.
3: Finally, yesterday, Brant Boyer said that the competition for place kicker between Sam Thicken and Brett Maher is, quote, neck and neck, which I guess is good news for both of them and bad news for Jets fans because if they legitimately have to watch one of those two guys kick for the team all year, it's going to be a big problem.
2: Yeah, the bad news is definitely that, that, that one of these guys isn't completely separating himself from the other. I saw Ross Martin tweet out, uh, a video uh, a couple days ago about of him still kicking. So I, I was like, maybe they need to give him a call. Bring him back in. That's not going to happen. But um, I, I would like to see it because I don't have a lot of faith in, in either of these guys right now. Um, I didn't have a lot of faith going into camp, and I have seen nothing to sway me in another direction right now.
3: Really wish the Jets would finally just, as we've talked about, use a late-round pick on a kicker so that we don't have to be having this discussion every single year at training camp. But for now, the post-Nick Falk world has not looked so good For the New York Jets, so hopefully Marr or Ficken surprises us or somebody comes in out of nowhere because otherwise it's going to be rough, especially since you have to figure that whichever games the Jets may win, they're going to have to win them by relatively close margins because it's not like this is a powerhouse roster. So they're going to need a kicker that's fairly reliable and certainly up to now. That has not been what you would ever say about Sam Ficken or Brett Maher. Chris Nimbley of JetsInsider.com. Thanks so much for coming on. As always, really appreciate it. For those that are looking to read your three takeaways from camp, of course, we expounded upon them in great detail here, but if they want to read them in written form, they're up at JetsInsider.com now, aren't they?
2: Yes, absolutely. You can go check them out at JetsInsider.com. I'll have more um, more observations articles with each practice. We're going to get a... Scrimmage at some point this week, so I'll have that. Uh, writer Jack Williams will have some stuff up there. He's working on something, Makai Beckton. i some more player specific stuff coming soon as well. But there's going to be uh, plenty of content for you guys. Go ahead and check it out.
3: Go ahead and check out jetsinsider.com. Read Chris's very big deal work. Follow him on Twitter at CNimbly and at Jets Insider. If you haven't given us a five star review on iTunes yet, If you could go ahead and do that for us, really appreciate it. Easy way to help out the show if you like what we're doing. doesn't take you much time, doesn't cost you any money, but it goes a long way to help us out. So if you could go ahead and do that for us, we'd be quite grateful. And for the latest and greatest in New York Jets podcasts, you know where to go. Woo! Oh, yeah, going to get in my Ric Flair reference before we get off today's show. That is, of course, Turn on the Jets Digital at turnonthejets.com.